All right, folks, we're back. It's the Detroiter covering sports in the Motor City in the Mitten State. I'm your host, Nick Bradley. We're presented by the Second String and the SecondString.com. Listen, you're a Rams fan, you're a football fan, you're a Stafford fan. We have some of the most gasoline things I've ever cooked up in my lifetime, and that's the God's Honest. The L.A. Rams Super Bowl champs design we got up in the store right now. It'll knock your socks off and then some. It'll knock your toenails off. It'll knock any hair. You got hairy toes. You've been wondering, is this becoming an issue? I go to the beach. Everyone asks me if I'm related to the Bigfoot. You got a problem? Buy yourself a shirt. That hair will be gone overnight. LA Rams Super Bowl champs. The shirt is absolute fire. We got canvases now as well. We're going to put our other designs on canvas slowly but surely here too. Check it out though. It's unbelievable. No better way to commemorate Stafford finally getting his ring. I get it. You're a Detroit fan. You're probably not a huge LA Rams person. I don't know. Support Stafford. It's cool art. It's cool art. And if you're a Rams person, I don't know what you're doing listening to me. You should have been checked out with 15 shirts in your cart already. Let's get into it today, though. Obviously, we're going to be talking Rams. We're going to be talking Stafford winning the Super Bowl. That's going to be the majority of the show. I'll lay it out there right now. That is going to be the majority of today's show. But before we get into that, I need to talk Michigan State. So as I'm recording, what is it, Tuesday night, uh, Michigan State just blew it to Penn State on the road, uh, graveyard of a game. There was nobody there. Uh, there were more people in my office today, and everybody works remote except for me and, like, four other people. There were more people at my office today than there were at the Penn State game, and they fucking blew it. That was a free road win. One of the shitty things about being in the Big Ten it's great, obviously. It's great teams, great competition, very fun, good players. The shitty thing, as a fan of a Big Ten team, there are no givens, right? You go on the road, it could be the worst team in the conference, best team in the conference, anywhere in between. You're going to get a hell of a battle because those crowds get rowdy. Big Ten is the fucking Big Ten. Nobody, there's a scrub. Everybody wants it. Everybody knows they're capable of it. Every game's a gauntlet. This felt like a game. That was a free win for Michigan State. And you know what? Maybe that's what cost them. They went in there coming off the great win against Indiana this weekend where they just cleaned up. Like Michigan State, I it's driving me fucking crazy because I don't want to overreact. Izzo sucks in February. March is Izzo, right? Like I don't want to overreact too much. But for the love of God, figure it out. For the love of God, figure it out. At the very least, don't even you don't even need to figure it out and just be good. Fucking pick one, though. Be good or be bad. Like, make up your mind. Don't give me this clean the floor with Indiana, just murder them running out of the gym, and then go to a graveyard at Happy Valley and lose to a dog shit Penn State team when you had a 12-point lead and blew the game. Pick one. Because I can't stand following it. I can't stand trying to care about it. I can't stand investing myself into it when I just continually am let down. And I know there's other people out there feeling the exact same way. And you know what? There's other people that are on the exact opposite side of the fence, which is great. We need those people. And usually I try to be one of those people. I feel like I am one of those people for the most part where they're saying, you know what? No big deal. It's the Big Ten. There are bumps. There are bruises. March Izzo will figure it out. He always does. It's, you know, they're still working through them some things. He's figuring out the lineup, this, whatever you want to say to make yourself feel better to say, oh, that's okay that Michigan State lost to a garbage Penn State team with a, a crowd. Nobody was there. 
nobody was there. I've heard movie theaters that are louder than the, than the environment they played in. So don't give me the, the crowd was a factor. You know, it was a loud, tough place to play, tough place to get a win. Really? Is the fucking community center at 3 p.m. on a Monday a tough place to play? Because that's essentially where they were. They just had jerseys. It drives me nuts. Are, like, are they serious about the Big Ten? Are they looking at each other at practice and in the locker room saying, yeah, we can win this. Let's win this thing. Let's win the conference. Let's make a run in the tournament. Let's be great. Are they Are they there? Or are they just kind of scuttling along? Oh, we got a game today. All right, well, let's show up, see what happens. Hopefully it goes well kind of laissez-faire because it feels like they're very laissez-faire they're the laissez-fairest it feels the who's the who's the fairest of them all mirror mirror on the wall who's the laissez-fairest of them all michigan state basketball they seem so indifferent it drives me fucking bananas don't ever don't ever it's like my biggest sports pet peeve and it's not true because i'm not in the games i'm not on the team but please don't ever let me sit on my fucking couch in my living room watching the game and give me the impression that i care more than you do because that's how i feel half the time they play and that's the other thing it's not like 90 percent of the time they're lights out and you know what shit happens you're not anthony davis kentucky you're gonna lose some games it's not even that it's tit for tat now oh win one great win impressive win against indiana you look like a tournament team you look like a team that could beat anybody that could make some noise and then right back against a trash ass penn state team and you blow a 12 point second half lead fucking pick one either be uncommitted and be bad or turn it on and win games like today you penn state in a church and you lose that game, that's a free win. If you want to win the Big Ten, if you want to do real shit, you want to hang banners, you have to win the game they played tonight. You have to. Because guess what? When you go on the road to Illinois, they don't play at Mackey this year, thank God. But when you play at Purdue or when you play in Ann Arbor, it's going to be a whole lot worse than Silent Hill, Penn State. I promise you that. I promise you. And I can't fucking stand the way Izzo's been using his rotations. He's using the team. I know he's Tom Izzo. And the people saying, fire Izzo, you're fucking crazy. Relax with that. He's Tom Izzo. He knows what he's doing. What it really comes down to, certainly, certainly Izzo deserves some criticism. He doesn't understand how to play his lineups. He still is struggling with the concept of play your best players. The point guard play has been garbage for the most part. The reason they smoked Indiana is because A.J. Hogard and Tyson Walker played at like the one of the three great games they've played all year, honest to God. And they came out tonight, turned the ball over, passed up open shots, missed open shots, and they lost to a fucking pathetic Penn State team. That's just the way it is. That's the way it is. Great teams don't lose the game that they lost tonight. A silent dude. You could have put a baby to sleep in that gym, and you're not playing Purdue. You're not playing a team with a couple lottery picks. It's not Illinois. It's not Michigan. It's not even Rutgers. And you get clowned in the second half by Penn fucking State. I don't even know how those guys feel the basketball team. Honestly, I really don't. And they clowned you in front of all 12 of their fans. Embarrassing loss. And I don't know what to say. Malik Hall played poorly. He just didn't shoot it much, honestly. I think he had like four field goal attempts. That that's that like that's unacceptable. You don't need to be a wizard at basketball to know that's unacceptable. I don't need to have crazy out of bounds plays and sets in the half court to know that's unbelievable. How about you throw it to him in the fucking post and say, Malik, 
put up 10 of these a night. Cause guess what? Five or six of them are going to go in. And if you're feeling it, maybe a few more like, he didn't have a good game, which it happens. He's been the only consistent factor this season up until tonight. Gabe Brown, once again, nowhere to be found. Can't hit a three. Max Christie can't hit a three. They were one for nine from three. Like, that's not sustainable. You guys are on the team to shoot threes. You're on the team to make threes. And I don't want to rip on Max Christie, freshman, 18-year-old kid, all the potential in the world. But, like, is it ever going to happen? Like, we're getting deep in here. Earlier in the year, it was like, all right, he's still feeling it out. He's young. He's getting this confidence. He's he's learning what it's like to play against Big Ten opponents. Dude, we're we're it's March almost. We're halfway through February, and he still looks like, all right, this guy. I, if you told me he was a five-star recruit, I'd be like, you're fucking nuts. You're nuts. This guy's Kyle Aarons with a little more bounce. Like, I, for real, though. He misses shots. He's not aggressive. He dribbles twice on the perimeter and passes it. Like, I just don't see it with Max, and I want to see it. We said at the beginning of the year, and it still probably at least holds some weight, he's the X factor to this team. If they really want to level up, you want to beat some ass this year, you want to beat good teams, make a run in the tournament, Max Christie, a guy who will play in the NBA, needs to play like that. He needs to, and he hasn't been. Like, one for nine between him and Gabe from three – that's unacceptable. We talked about the point guards. Malik Hall had the bad game. It happens. Like Kobe had bad games, RIP. Jordan had bad games. LeBron has bad games. Your best player has bad games. Great teams. They don't just rely on one fucking guy every single night. That's honestly, Cassius Winston had a couple bad games. Luckily, we had Aaron Henry. We had Xavier Tillman. Before that, we had Miles Bridges. Like we had guys that, oh, Cash, you're off tonight. It's all good, dude. I'll take over. Matt McQuaid even chipped in like we had other guys now it's all right either Malik Hall's going to go nuclear and we'll be in a dogfight and maybe pull it out or yeah we'll lose the Penn State in the middle of a field where you can't hear a sound where if a tree fell nobody would hear it like it's 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 exhausting it's exhausting made the TikTok this morning it's we're one game at a time if they lose Saturday it's officially panic button season and I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and tell you they're going to bounce back. Why should I believe that? The only reason to have any faith in this team right now is simply the fact that Izzo historically has struggled in March. But guess what? Or in February, rather. But guess what? A lot of those teams had guys. A lot of those teams had the pieces where it was like, they'll figure it out. Cassius Winston, he had a his teams – they would have skids where they'd lose like two or three games in a short period. But you, you're you like, oh, but we have Cassius Winston. So, like, this is not – this is the anomaly. Now, all of a sudden, it feels like the first few weeks of the season where we're winning games, we're top ten, that feels like the anomaly. It feels like this team is exceptionally average, and it drives me crazy because they were exceptionally average, below average last year. It felt like, all right, Tom, let's see it. Let's fucking bolster up. Let's make something happen. Let's get back to what we've come to expect MSU basketball to be. And they're laying a goddamn egg slower than the golden goose itself. It drives me crazy. I don't know what else to say. Hold on for March, I guess. Hold on and pray that history fucking repeats itself and Tom Izzo figures it out and they go on a tear in March. Losing games like they did tonight at Penn State, that's not going to win you a Big Ten. Not a Big Ten with Illinois, Purdue, playing the way they are. It's just not. It's just not. You could say February, he's bad in February. Okay. I don't fucking care. They keep losing games. I want big tens, dude. 
when it comes to MSU basketball, I'm not happy. Oh, nice. We're an eight seed. We made it in the tournament. No, 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 no. And if you're a Michigan State fan sitting there like, yeah, woohoo, yay. We got bounced in the round of 32 and finished fourth in the Big Ten. Good year. Why? This is a team. This is a program. We expect to win Big Ten championships every year. I know you won't every year. That should be the expectation. You should be contending for that every year. And it's this team just can't figure it out. And it starts and ends with the point guard play. And then when you mix in your best player, A, not being the point guard, and B, having an off night, you're fucking doomed. Even if you are playing at a silent monk monastery against a trash-ass Penn State team. So we'll see. If they lose Saturday, it's full meltdown mode. People, people already are like, Izzo should get canned, which is crazy, like I said. They lose Saturday. It's full meltdown mode. It might be now we're we're fighting for our lives in the tournament. All that clowning we did on Michigan, the shoes on the other foot. If they lose Saturday, they need to win it. They need to win on Saturday. Izzo needs them to win. The team needs to win. Like it's a prove it gut check backs against the wall game. We'll see. But as of right now, I do not feel good. And I don't know how anybody could. I really don't. Like I said, I'm a pretty optimistic guy when it comes to the sports teams. We'll bounce back. We'll do this. Michigan State playing Ohio State in football this year. I was like, hey, why not us? If you don't believe, get the fuck out. That's the kind of guy I am. And here I am sitting here like, yeah, maybe we'll make the tournament. Hopefully. That's where we're at. We're right back to where we were last year. And we don't have Aaron Henry. Oh, my God. It fucking pisses me off. So that's the Michigan State update for you. God damn it. Break Rams. Matthew John Stafford, Super Bowl champion. Man, oh man, does that feel good to say. Right off the rip, let me just address the Detroit haters. Why? Why? If you're a Detroit Lions fan and you're hating on either Matthew Stafford or the people from Detroit supporting him, why? What is that doing for anyone? Oh, they got one one worst draft slot, the Lions did. Who fucking – oh, okay. I literally would rather find 50 cents on the ground tomorrow than have the 31st pick versus the 32nd. Honest to God. Honest to God. You think that matters in the grand scheme of things? Think about this. The Detroit Lions haven't won a playoff game since 1991, haven't won the championship since 57. You think one draft slot? Is the reason you think that is going to be the thing that changes it in Detroit? You think the 31st pick is the fucking key that's been missing for the last 60 years? Really? Is that really what you think? Honestly, people like, do people believe that? Are they that upset? Oh, I'm a Detroit Lions fan. So I was rooting for the Bengals because for the Lions, we need the better draft slot. You really think that matters? You really think that that's the reason? Oh, my God. That's the key. That's what's going to make it happen in Detroit is we have the 31st pick instead of the 32nd. We're saved. Super Bowls, here we come. You think that's it, really? Well, it's not. I promise you it's not. I fucking promise you, dude. The Lions will be impacted more if they find a free case of footballs lying around than they will by the 31st versus the 32nd pick. I promise you that and the other thing the lions fans going why are you still cheering for him it's embarrassing he left detroit it's embarrassing okay 
let me set the stage. Now, if you're like 40 years old, 50, 60, even 30s, and you don't really care as much, okay, I get it. Fair enough. And you know what? I'm not even saying people need to be, oh, if you're a Lions fan, you should be rooting on Stafford. You should you could root whoever, whatever the fuck makes you happy. Root for the Bengals. Root for whoever. But the, to hate on people, oh, it's embarrassing. It's pathetic that people are rooting on Stafford from Detroit. It's pathetic. Bro, you're a fan of the Detroit Lions. There literally isn't something more pathetic than that. And I'm a Lions fan too. There is nothing more pathetic than coming into football seasons for 24 fucking years in a row saying, maybe this is the year that they'll win a playoff game. And watching every single Sunday, getting emotional every single Sunday, following along every single Sunday. There literally isn't anything on earth that's more pathetic than that. But it's pathetic for people to support the guy who played here and did everything he could to win for 12 years. That's what's pathetic. Take a quick look in the mirror. Adjust your perspective an ounce for me, would you? That's pathetic. You're a fucking Lions fan. And I'm a Lions fan. I know it's pathetic. I embrace the patheticism because guess what? All we can do is go up. But to, to come out and say, you're a loser if you're rooting for the Rams. Let it go. It's embarrassing if you want to see Matthew Stafford succeed. What is your deal? Like, how unhappy are you? Maybe it's not even sports. Maybe it's not even football. How unhappy are you with something, whatever? Maybe it's the entirety of your life that you got to come out and try and shame other people for finding just a little bit of enjoyment in the fact that their quarterback of eh, just a measly 12 years did accomplish the ultimate goal, went out and won a Super Bowl. Think about that for a second. Real that makes you feel better calling people, oh, you're a fu- you're a loser. You're embarrassing that you're rooting for the Rams. Dude, half of my life the guy was the quarterback. And if you're counting, it's half of my life where I had a brain, where I was growing up, where I was impressionable, where I cared about the Detroit Lions more than anything on the planet. 12 years he was the Super Bowl, broken thumbs, fucked up backs, destroyed fingers. Didn't matter. He shows up. It's Sunday. We're the Lions. He's playing quarterback. Didn't fucking matter. One of the few bright spots over the course of 12 years of Detroit Lions football. I mean, outside of him and Calvin Johnson, there were three teams in there that were awesome. Outside of that, what do you have to show for it other than Matthew Stafford? He leaves for one season, wins a Super Bowl. But you're upset people are going to support him. You're upset that others are finding happiness in a guy that they cheered on. They watched grow up. Think about that, too. They get what he, he was 21, 22 max when he came to Detroit. The dude literally grew up in our city playing for our team, being nothing but a stand-up gentleman. Like, I'd get it, too, if Stafford was kind of a scumbag. Like, if he was playing the Aaron Rodgers, oh, I'm leaving every season game, I'd get that, too, for sure. In that case, okay. In that case, guys like me probably aren't rooting for Matthew Stafford. If it, uh-oh, contract year, is he out? Is he out of town? It was never a question. He always wanted to be here. He always wanted to win in Detroit. He did everything he could. Like, look at all the players that came out on Twitter yesterday that are like, let's fucking go, Staffy got his. They know. They know. They know he was capable. They know he deserves it. But it's embarrassing to support a guy that was nothing but good to you. Like, that's the most childish mentality on the planet, especially coming 
from a Detroit Lions fan. Like, look at the Patriots. Look at Tom Brady. Pats fans were cheering for him. If the Pats would have been there, they would have liked to kick his ass. But I think when he was in the Super Bowl with Tampa Bay last year, Pats fans, for the most part, were like, yeah, let's go, Tom. Get another. Why not? And Tom Brady willingly left. Tom Brady didn't leave the worst franchise in sports. Tom Brady actually left maybe the most successful franchise in sports, at least in the last 25 years. He left them. Nothing was wrong. They were still winning. Would they lose in the AFC championship the year before AFC divisional round? It was fine. They were making the playoffs. They probably, if he stayed there, they probably would have been in another Super Bowl. I mean, why not? He willingly left. And Pats fans were still like, yeah, let's roll, Tom. But the guy who leaves the most miserable franchise in sports and was nothing but stand up for all 12 years, played banged up, played injured. We've seen the clips. Get the fuck off me. You need me to throw the ball? I can throw the ball. Get the fuck off me. We've seen those clips. And you want to hate on that guy? Because he wanted uh, one fucking season where he had a shot at a title. He played the hardest game in the world. Or maybe not in the world, but a grueling game. The physically the most exhausting game in the world for 12 seasons on the worst franchise in the league. Never complained. Never threw anyone under the bus. Never pointed the finger. Nothing. Was nothing but great to the fans, to the city. Suited up in games he probably shouldn't have played injured was unbelievable for the communities building fucking football fields in Detroit, but we, we should turn our backs on him. Oh, he wanted to go win. He he's 33. He wants one chance at a title. We should hate him. Now we should just never root for him again. We should find no happiness in the fact that a guy we grew up with and loved for 12 years, finally found the ultimate success. We should have no feeling about that. And if we do have a feeling it should be negative. Really? How does that make sense to anybody? Like, honest to God, I, I I just will not understand it. Sure, the Detroit Rams stuff where it's the Lions logo merged with the Rams logo. Okay, yeah, that's a little, you know, that's not my thing. I'll just go right out and buy a L.A. Stafford jersey. I'll just go right out and make an L.A. Rams Super Bowl champion shirt. A little different for me because I live here now, so I'm kind of in it. I was in L.A. for the game, which spruced it up. But the point remains. How are you as a Detroit Lions fan going to tell people, oh, you should not feel good about that? What What do you mean you shouldn't feel good about that? What do you mean? And it's not the, the Lions didn't win. I know that. Every fan out here, every fan in Detroit that was happy Stafford won, they realize we're not fucking delusional. We understand the Detroit Lions did not win the Super Bowl the other day. Yeah, no shit. The Lions didn't win. If you thought I was bad, you think the TikTok, oh, he stopped talking about Stafford, he's gone. If you thought that was bad, if the Detroit Lions ever won the Super Bowl, I'd be off the grid for a week. You wouldn't know where to find me. You'd have to call in the fucking FBI to track me down. I'd be shotgunning a beer on top of Ford Field. It's not even, it's not the Detroit Lions. We're happy because a guy we loved 12 years, dude. Do you understand how long of a time that is? 12 years? Literally half of the time I've been alive. I've been breathing oxygen. He was the quarterback of our favorite team in a city that loves nothing more than football, a state that loves nothing more than football. That's so hungry for a winner. You can taste it. And now he goes to a built to win team. He has other playmakers. So who would have thought Matthew Stafford doesn't have to do everything himself and they win a Super Bowl. He retires Tom Brady. Would you look at that clutch throw after clutch throw? Wow. Who would have fucking thought, but we're not supposed to be happy. And that's the other thing that's satisfying. 
the people that are butthurt, the people that are shaming Lions fans for being happy are the same people who thought he was the problem. Who are the, They're the same people who have no idea what an elite NFL quarterback looks like. They're the same people that, honest to God, honest to God, were saying Matthew Stafford was the problem when, when he was here. I mean, like, how could you have that take? That has to be put to bed after this season. The narratives always were, he can't win the big game. He can't beat other 500 teams. He can't win a playoff game. Well, you know what? He just went 4-0 in the playoffs. He was lights out the entire way, and he won the fucking Super Bowl. Oh, and by the way, he sent Tom Brady to retirement. Boom. What else? What are you going to say now? Oh, he only has one Super Bowl. And you know what's funny? That is what people are going to say. Oh, he only has one. Oh, he had to join a stacked Rams team. He only has one. No bad team has ever made the playoffs or, or has ever made the Super Bowl, guys. There's never once been a bad team in the Super Bowl. Newsflash. There's a reason those Lions teams with Stafford and Calvin Johnson didn't make the Super Bowl, didn't win a playoff game. Takes more than one guy. Takes more than two guys. Takes a team. He had that one year. One year. He's on a complete team. And what's funny enough is they couldn't run the ball for shit. It was PTSD of the Detroit Lions. Negative run game. Sean McVay was fucking addicted to calling one-yard runs. Still didn't matter. Stafford made the throws when he had to, and he got it done. I mean, Cooper Cup's a great player. Cooper Cup was very good last year. He was, he's been very good his entire career. Matthew Stafford plays with him for one season. All of a sudden, this guy has the greatest year a receiver's ever had. All of a sudden, Cooper fucking Cup is on list with Calvin Johnson and Jerry Rice, plays with Stafford for one year. All of a sudden, he's in literally God tier of wide receiver history. You think there's some kind of correlation there? Uh, eh, probably not, right? Probably not. He gets Stafford. All of a sudden, he has the greatest season of all time. Eh, there's probably nothing there. Oh, and who's the other guy that almost had the greatest season of all time? Oh, Calvin. The 2,000-yard year. Oh, that's right. Oh, who's his quarterback? Oh, Stafford. Oh, that's weird. That's funny. Couldn't possibly be that Stafford has anything to do with it, though. Couldn't possibly that be that he's an above-average quarterback. Like, it, it's just, it's ridiculous. And it's so sweet now because there's nothing left to say. Because after this podcast today, I'm done with it. I'm done listening to people try to tell me he's mid. There's, I'll make, I made the video after they won, and there's dudes in the comments, seriously, that are like, he's average, he got carried. Bro. Did you watch any of the playoff games? Did you see that no-look throw to Cooper Cup with the fucking Super Bowl on the line? A no-look throw with the Super Bowl on the line? It takes balls to do that shit in practice. Did you see the throw he made the cup against Tampa Bay to put them away right when it looked like Tom Brady might steal it from the jaws of victory? And Stafford says, no, 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 you forgot. I'm the fourth quarter guy. Did you forget about that? Like, it's, it truly is unbelievable what humans are capable of. The fact that he did what he did this season and this playoff run, and they still come out of the fucking woodwork like the cockroaches that they are trying to say, oh, he's average, you got carried. All the refs. Um, dude, T. Higgins ripped Jalen Ramsey's head off his body. Nothing happened. The game wouldn't have even come down to it if that flag doesn't get – or if that flag gets thrown. So don't, ta- don't tell me about the refs. Don't tell me about getting carried. His run game was garbage. Joe Burrow, what, they score three points in the second half against the Chiefs? Don't tell me that Matthew Stafford got carried. Don't tell me, oh, he had to join a stack team. There's never been a bad team in the Super Bowl. Fucking admit it. It's okay. It's okay to admit, you know what, maybe I was wrong about Stafford. Maybe he wasn't the problem. Maybe the least successful franchise that's ever existed, maybe those people were the problem. You ever thought about that? Maybe it was the Lions that were the problem. 
you think Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback of all time, probably the greatest, one of the greatest football players ever. You think if Tom Brady gets drafted by the Detroit Lions and plays his entire career there, you think he's Tom Brady? You think that happens? You think he wins seven rings? You think that happens? You're fucking nuts if you do. It won't. It wouldn't. That's half the battle in football. That's half the reason some guys become good and some guys don't. It's the situation. There's a reason the Steelers are great every year. There's a reason the Ravens are always good. There's a reason the Chiefs are always good. There's a reason the Packers are always good. The list goes on. It's because they're incredible organizations. They know how to identify talent, and once they get talent, they know how to take care of it, add to it, build around it, and win with it. Detroit Lions don't know a fucking clue about one of those things. Hopefully they're starting to learn. We got Brad Holmes. We got Dad Campbell. It feels like they're starting to learn. Stafford's 12 years. They didn't have a fucking clue. So don't give me the excuses. People like me, we tried to tell you he is that guy. He can make every throw on the field. He knows what the defense is doing it before the ball snapped. He is elite. If you saw that no-look throw and you don't think he's elite, I like I don't know what to tell you. I can't help you. And that's honestly what it boils down to is at this point, if you're still trying to hate on Stafford, you're still trying to take away, you're still trying to make regions, oh, they, oh, oh, um, they only did it because of the – if you're still doing that, th- then you're hopeless. There's nothing to tell you. You don't know what you're talking about. You're wrong. You're miserable. And that's it. And you know what? You're going to live the rest of your life that way. Everybody has their thing. You want to be miserable? You want to be the fucking worst? Fine. Go be the worst. Go stand in a corner for eight hours a day. Go watch paint dry for fun. Do whatever it is the fuck you do. You were wrong. He did it. He proved everybody. He proved everybody wrong. That clown Richard Sherman. He proved everybody wrong. And there's nothing you can say about it now. Because guess what? Matthew Stafford's got a fat fucking ring on his finger. And there's nothing you can say about it. Now that that's out of the way, let's get a little more wholesome. Unbelievable watching him. I've made the videos. I've talked about it on here. We've said it a few times. Just unreal watching a guy that you love. It's like the, it's one of the greatest pleasures in life. Your friends, your family athletes. It's why we love sports. It's why teams like Michigan state with Cassius Winston, when you have guys that you love, you have the teams that you love. You have the Detroit Lions. You have the Michigan state Spartans. You have the teams that you love, but when you get a guy that you love an athlete, a player, a friend, a person that you love, and they do great things, they're really, really, really are not many things in life that are better than that. More satisfying than that. Like if you're watching people you love do cool shit and you don't get a little bit of excitement from it, I don't know. You probably got some thinking to do. You got to go take a walk, air it out a little bit, look inward. It's one of the greatest feelings on earth. And to, to see a guy that I stood by for 12 years that I always knew had the juice. And maybe it's because I played quarterback, not at the NFL level, but you know, if I would have gotten a chance, you never know how it would have shaken out. Maybe it's because I played quarterback that I have more of an appreciation for how ridiculous some of the stuff he does is. I know Dan Orlovsky, he always says, like, people don't understand how stupid it is what Matthew Stafford does. The fact that I've stood by him and thousands, millions of people are right there with me, standing by him, supporting him, 
believing in him. Like I always believed as long as we had Stafford any given Sunday, I was like, we can win this game. And how many times did he single-handedly win him for us? Just seeing him complete and, and gain the ultimate success. It's so gratifying. It's so unbelievable to watch. It really couldn't happen to a better guy. And there are other people, Aaron Donald deserved one so badly, right? OBJ people are, I'm not a huge OBJ guy. People are super happy for him. Like, that's a that's good. That's good to feel that way. To feel happy that someone you love did something awesome. That's a great fucking feeling. And I really do feel awesome for Matthew Stafford. Like it's it the Lions didn't win the Super Bowl, but it's the next best thing. It really is. I, I love that guy. I'm happy for him. I'm glad he proved all these people wrong. I'm glad he proved himself right above all. Unbelievable. As far as the game goes. I honestly I thought it was kind of boring between you and me. I didn't think it was a great game. I mean, it didn't help that Sean McVay, I don't know if like the mob, he got involved with the mob. I don't know if someone put a gun to his head and was like, you better run the ball 20 times for 30 yards or I'm going to fucking kill you. I don't know what was going on. He was addicted to the run. He was committed to the run in the fourth quarter when it was clear the run wasn't working. He was still establishing the run for, I don't know, game two of the Super Bowl. Not sure what he was doing. That was terrible. Um, it was a defensive game. Cincinnati's O-line finally gave out. Joe Burrow, poor bastard. He got, I mean, the guy guy got tortured all night. Uh, you have to feel for him. He's awesome too. That's the one downside is I really do love Joe Shiesty. And I'm sure he'll be back. Like he's got that it factor. I'm sure he will. But the game wasn't really great until the fourth quarter. At the end, it got close. They kind of went back and forth. Cincinnati took the lead. Then the Rams took it back. And then since he had some time left, and it was only fitting that Aaron Donald made the play to win it. Fourth quarter was awesome. I had a blast. Like I said, since I moved to LA, I was actually in downtown Los Angeles at a bar right across the street from the Staples Center watching the game. Unbelievable experience. Unbelievable experience. I'm going to do the second strength pod tomorrow is going to be about more in depth, like the life experience thing, but it was, it was fucking crazy. First time I'd ever been in a Super Bowl city, obviously the Rams playing, um, it being LA, like the celebrity factor, just all the people that were everywhere, the excitement in the air, unbelievable experience. I'm so, so happy and grateful that I was in LA for that. I mean, we're in downtown Los Angeles after the game and people are lighting off fireworks that you see on the 4th of July, dude. This guy pulled up in his Harley chopper, blasting Snoop Dogg, blasting Dr. Dre. And we're just on the corner of the road. We're in the middle of the street, fucking downtown Los Angeles, next to the Staples Center. Thousands of people just in a circle, a dance circle. People are hopping in, hitting the stanky leg, backing out cabbage patch backing out everyone's like hey hey it was an unbelievable time unbelievable feeling that definitely added to me being happy and wanting the rams to win it was a great day it was a great weekend it was a great game it was great to see for matthew stafford oh it was unreal and how about that halftime show how about that halftime show dude can we just have those same exact people do it every single year like for real though, like every single year, it's fucked up. You know, the halftime show was good when they're 15 minutes ends and you're like, I actually would have watched that for another hour probably. And that's, what's disgusting. They didn't even scratch the surface on all the songs they could have done. They didn't even, 
Dr. Dre, Snoop, Eminem, 50 Cent, Kendrick, and Mary J. They didn't even scratch the surface. I on, I'd watch a fucking game length concert of just them. It was unbelievable. And another nice part, an homage to LA with Snoop and Dre and Kendrick. And then, of course, Eminem, the other Detroit guy. How fitting is that? Detroit plays their part in the Super Bowl with Eminem and then Matthew Stafford. That was also cool to see, of course, as a Detroiter. Um, just representation. Just like that's one of my favorite things about Detroit as a city and the people of Detroit is it's so slept on. And everyone's kind of like, if you're not from there, everyone kind of goes, oh, Detroit. Like, oh, ooh, what's Detroit? I've seen the pictures. Oh, Detroit. Like everyone kind of puts their noses up at it because they're losers. I love Detroit, how it's just under the radar, goes about its business, and just produces superstars. Not even just Detroit, but Michigan. Just produces incredible human beings. It produces people who do unbelievable stuff, like M&M's fucking at the halftime show of the Super Bowl that Matthew Stafford's playing in. And I know he's not from Detroit, but he grew up in Detroit, right? He he is adolescent, or not adolescence, but his adulthood was formed in Detroit, Unbelievable thing to see, like like a goosebumps moment watching Eminem come out of the Super Bowl. Matthew Stafford's playing in, felt good. It really did. And again, I know the Lions didn't win. I understand, but like times like that, it's like, damn, dude, I'm fucking. I love being from Detroit. I'm so happy I am. I love the people that come out of there. I love the people that come out of Michigan. I love like the creativeness and the drive and the hunger and the fact that like. People come out of Detroit and the country is like, damn, they're sweet. Damn, they make cool shit. Damn, they're awesome. Like, I love that. Because anytime Detroit gets brought up, people are like, ugh, Detroit. They're fucking, ugh, Detroit, Detroit. Like, they just do the whole, I'm better than that kind of thing. But they're listening to the music. They're watching, watching the athletes. They're seeing the actors. Like, Detroit. Detroit's a special place. Detroit produces special things, special ideas and people. It was good to see. It was a goosebumps moment, man. Being in Los Angeles after moving from Detroit after Thanksgiving and having the quarterback I grew up with, the hometown team playing the game, and one of my favorite artists ever, one of the greatest ever, play in a halftime show with Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Kendrick, and Mary J. Blige. Like a mind-blowing moment, honestly. Really was like a, wow, life is fucking crazy. It's a great weekend. It was a great Super Bowl. Wouldn't have had it any other way. And how fitting Matthew Stafford, a fourth quarter comeback, a tale as old as time, beauty and the Stafford. How fitting fourth quarter comeback to put a ring on his finger, to silence the haters once and for all. To prove to everybody, to prove to LA, to prove to Detroit, to prove to the country, I am that fucking guy. You thought Mahomes was slick with those no looks? How's this? Fourth quarter, Super Bowl, everything on the line, clock's ticking, little no look dart over the middle of the Cooper Cup. I mean, he put Von Miller or Von Von Bell in the fourth dimension, dog. Von Miller, I can't, Von Bell, he thought he saw a ghost. Von Bell was sitting there like, "Uh uh-oh, I'm about to make a play. And next thing he knows, he's like, fuck, unbelievable. And the run they had, Stafford delivered each and every round leading up to the Super Bowl. 
making throw after throw that Cooper cup throw against Tampa Bay. Everyone's talking about the throw. He made the Cooper in the Super Bowl. that throw against Tampa Bay at the end. Talk about unbelievable. I think that is the throw of the playoffs. Just, just crazy, crazy happiness. Like I, I genuinely f- just felt, and I feel so happy for him and so good about the fact that a guy that deserves it, dude, a good fucking guy, a guy who is one of the best in the world at what he does. And he doesn't run around telling you about it. He doesn't need the attention. He doesn't need the press. He doesn't make a scene. He's not drawing any attention to himself. He just goes out. Is he elite? Keeps his mouth shut, has his family and plays football. And that's fucking it, dude. And he finally was rewarded. Hard work pays off. He could have retired when Dan Campbell came in. He could have said, all right, well, I gave it a good, you know, I gave it a shot. It's not going to work. No, he wanted it. He went, he put himself in a great situation and he fucking did it. I don't know if he's going to come back now. If I was him, honestly, I'd probably ride off into the sunset. I don't know if he'll come back, but if he does, they're going to have another crack at it next year. 12 years, the quarterback in Detroit, 12. Could have asked out so long ago, too. Could have asked out after year nine, year 10, been like, hey, listen, it's not working. I'm not getting any younger. I want to win a Super Bowl. You, please, please give me a chance. Deal me somewhere. Could have done it long ago. Could have just not re-signed in Detroit when he signed that big deal. No, he liked Detroit. He wanted to be Detroit. He was Detroit. He was a part of this place. Stuck around, said, we can get it done here. I know we can. Sadly, they didn't, but he wasn't wrong. He knew he could do, he knew he could get it done. He knew he knew he was a winning quarterback. He knew he was a golden ticket. He proved himself right, silenced the haters. Matthew Stafford. It's a Super Bowl champion, man. It's a beautiful thing watching people you love do awesome things. And if you're holding that hate, you're giving people shit for being happy, you got to look inward, man. How are you a Detroit Lions fan giving people grief? about feeling happiness for Matthew Stafford winning. Like, I, I, honest to God, like, I just don't even understand. I get the, I'm not rooting for the Rams because he's gone and I don't care. I get the indifference for sure. Yeah, that's fine. But the hate to, like, go out of your way to be like, you're a loser. You're embarrassing. You're pathetic because you want to see Matthew Stafford succeed now that it really, yeah, the draft pick, it doesn't fucking matter. You're a loser for wanting to see him succeed in the one season that he has a legitimate chance, I just will never understand that. I really won't. Your friend, you guys stop hanging out after high school or you go to different colleges or after college you graduate and go move to different cities. You don't hang out as much. You don't talk to him as much. You just start going, fuck, this. you got a promotion? Fuck that guy. Fuck, he left. He left me. Fuck that. Oh, he's got a girlfriend? Fuck that guy. He left me. We don't text every day anymore. Fuck that. Do you do that? So what's the difference? Look inward, people. Be happy. Enjoy life. It's a wonderful thing. Supporting others, being happy for others, happiness in general, it's a beautiful thing, and I felt it in spades watching Matthew Stafford lift the Lombardi. That's all I got today, folks. Um, I think I'll be back again this week. I want to talk some Red Wings. Dylan Larkin's on an absolute tear, and they're still kind of hanging around, so I want to talk a little bit of Red Wings. Maybe we'll do some Michigan hoops. Maybe a little uh, more Michigan State hoops. Maybe a little Pistons with Bagley. Probably. So I'll probably be back maybe tomorrow with that episode and then the second string pod, either tomorrow or Friday. We'll see. But um, I'll be back this week. 
I appreciate everyone listening, supporting, sharing, sending messages, buying shirts, whatever it is you do. I really do appreciate the support. We're still building, baby. 2022 is the Detroiters year. I'll talk to you guys later.